a little bit of a change in some of the voice uh, voices you'll hear around here. Um, and because I have to take I have to take a day off tomorrow, not because I'm taking a day off, but because getting a specialist appointment, as you know, as we've talked about, is almost impossible. So I've got an appointment for my uh, my hips <laughs> so I can walk. Anyway, that's tomorrow, so I can't be here. And who do you want to hear from? Well, hopefully the next voice you hear, who I think is a terrific voice, one you will certainly know if you didn't read him in his columns, if you didn't read him in The Sun, maybe you followed him as a, a former mayoral candidate. Anthony Fury, joining us now. Great to have you. Good morning, Alex. Great to be here. It is good to be here. Great of you to be here because tomorrow listeners here will hear you, which I think is a great voice because we sometimes think alike. Not always, but sometimes. Uh, we, we sometimes do. It's an honor. I'm looking forward to it, uh, joining you and the great team over there at 640 and all the amazing listeners. Of course, we're, we're going to have a fantastic time. It, maybe I'll toss in a few musical numbers. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. going to be a hoot. We're going to have a blast. Yeah, I, I would have to think, and correct me where I'm wrong, <clears throat> how have you changed? Like, you ran for a position like as the mayor, completely different than being a columnist and going after people and politicians, etc. I mean... It's a different rule, but what did you take away from that that I guess you could probably certainly bring into this? Well, I think one of the main things I took away from it, Alex, is when you're in the media, as you know well, we develop a connection with people all across the city and and different groups and different interests, and it's awesome. But to go in person and knock on the doors, I mean, that was just kind of uh, supercharged in terms of engaging with people all across the city. And, and you'll learn that it's a great city, as you know well, from speaking with people every day, all corners of the city. It just really enhanced my, my love and respect for the city. Of course, enhanced my, my awareness of the issues, although I was involved in them before. And you just think like, wow, like Toronto's got some challenges and we're going to tackle them, talk about them tomorrow. I'm going to talk about them over the next three years. Um, but you also realize Toronto's just got so many awesome things going on. Yeah, I, I think, you know, if they can be pointed out or maybe someone can make sense of how things work or don't work or why they don't work, I think it uh, certainly makes people care about issues. Everything's so political now, but if you can actually talk to an issue and explain, here's why it doesn't work, I think it really helps. So you've actually got that back, that background and that behind-the-scene the kind of knowledge. One of the issues that certainly, I think, um, drove the campaign, it changed the conversation in this city, is safe supply and harm reduction. I mean, you were talking about that. And not just, you know, we'll, we'll not expand it. You forced Mark Saunders to follow you saying, you know, because you said you'd get rid of it. You would transition, obviously, to treatment. But you drove that conversation. I'm glad because at least it is a conversation now. Yeah, and that was not something that I came up with from focus groups or polls, but because uh, years before the mayor's race began, my wife and I, we lived near Moss Park in a, in a nice condo building, but not really only a block and a half from awful stuff going on there. People who really need help, who are troubled, and yet uh, there's drug dealers sort of running rampant with no repercussions. There were needles in my kids' playgrounds. We moved to the East End, and now that's proliferating, and that's all over Toronto. And to my point about meeting and engaging with people, even since the mayor's race is over this summer, I've been speaking with parents in Leslieville who are now organizing to say, yeah. we don't want this anymore. Uh, ironically, uh, the drug injection site story is kind of a back-to-school story because people yeah, are realizing yeah. even in the past year, there's more needles in the playground. And, and we got to uh, fight for our kids here and we got to clean all this up. Just the other day, um, I was told by a community member that there's a drug site near the island airport, just mm-hmm. at Queen's Key and Bathurst. And there's a tent encampment right beside. Someone died of an overdose just a few days ago there. It's absolutely tragic. 
I thought the point of the drug sites was to prevent all of that. Instead, there's a community right down there in Queens Key, which has proliferated around there, a sort of open market drug den dealing system where people are tragically dying. We've got to find a better way. We've got to come together here. Yeah, I mean, sadly, uh, you know, and maybe predictably, it took the killing of a mother of two, Carolina, uh, to really, I think, um, solidify and force the conversation. But but to your point, the community has been begging for months for, for help. And Derek Finkel, who I know you know, he um, has been speaking out about this. He was on with Greg Brady this morning. He lives right beside this particular site in Leslieville. Um, but this, this is the latest of what he said was found just over the last couple of days. Take a listen. He's picked up this baggie that had a, you know, a, like fentanyl, brought it to his mother. He didn't open it, um, but the mother called the police. They had it tested. It was fentanyl, mm-hmm. and the test results showed it would have killed like, you know, him and his probably most of a classroom of children if they had you know, ingested it. Yeah, I mean, that's just the latest you know, headline out of that area, uh, Anthony, they are kind of every day. We might not see them or read them, but that's what people are living with when you when you have these sites around. Um, I'm just curious to know where this goes. You know, it's one thing for the premier to come out and say, look, I'll have a review. It's another thing for the city to say, you know, we'll fix things. But um, so far, they've done nothing. Yeah. And yet when we look at the rules that they have to be following, what's going on at the Leslieville drug site is some of the staff, well, one of the staff members was arrested for allegedly helping uh, the alleged murderer escape. Uh, Apparently the police are actually investigating the drug site staff for dealing going on within the facility. They're breaking all the rules. So whatever your views on, on how we help people get off their addictions, this site needs to be at least temporarily shut down immediately. That's, that's the letter of the law. Mm -hmm. That's what has to happen. And when you talk about also what happens next, I think for a long time, the conversation's been dominated uh, by, by activists and by people who work at these sites who have, you know, their own agenda and, and all voices matter in the mix. So, you know, fine, they're in the mix. But what we need to see more moving forward is people like Derek Finkel, people who want to go in a different direction. Uh, we need to get off the, the same stale talking points and, and really look at what's really going on in the ground here. I think that's what matters. And, and to your original point about, you know, media and politics and how it all interacts, I, I think that's what... I feel that's what I owe to the people of Toronto. Get all those voices out there. Get the facts out there. Yeah, my sister, who used to uh, have a business in in, uh, Yorkville, hasn't been here. Uh, She lives in Connecticut now. She came to visit this uh, weekend. Uh, She hasn't been here in about four years. She was stunned. Stunned at the state. She's like, what has happened to the... Like, shocked. So that's kind of how I'm able to kind of, you know, get the barometer on what the city's like. Because if you live here, you've just kind of gotten used to the decay. But those coming in are like, what is happening in that city? Nonetheless, also tomorrow is a big day because um, we could get an interest rate check. We could get an interest uh, hike. I don't know what's going to happen, but I think you also have an interesting perspective because we need a funding formula for the city of Toronto and people are buckling under the pressures of the economy. And so you should have a bit to chew on as far as uh, some of the stressors and and where everyone's going to put their hand out to take some of the uh, some of the money or put put their bowl out as, as Oliver Twist would do. No, absolutely. I mean, some big topics coming down the pipes tomorrow. And when it comes to the interest rate hike, people just can't take it anymore. I mean, a lot of nervousness around people in those variable rate mortgages, people who they followed the rules, they went, they went to school, they got the job, they're doing everything right. And then suddenly what, you know, the system is making it like they're almost going to lose their homes. And that's a real tragedy. It is, no question about it. We're just starting to really, I think, feel the drag of that. Well, uh, you're certainly going to have a lot to uh, sink your teeth into. And I know you will be... um here quite a bit, so enjoy. Glad All to right, have you aboard, you so much, and uh, hope the listeners will enjoy it too. Thanks so much, Anthony. Okay, we'll talk. Sure.
That is Anthony Fury, and you will hear him tomorrow as I uh, go. I, I'm, okay, I'm okay. Everyone's like, sorry to hear about your hips. I'm like, it's age. <laughs> Just one day you wake up, and I'm like, oh, I can't walk. Oh, that's what arthritis is. Wonderful. Nonetheless, Anthony Fury will be with you tomorrow, be filling in for me.